Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live, live on Maritime Radio. It's Thursday the 21st of February. Uh, I'm not Louis Mendez, as you can probably work out, or maybe you can't, given my croaky voice, um, which I'll apologise for. Um, it's Tom Wallin here and joining me in the studio is Nathan Muller. Nathan, how are you doing? Living the dream. Better yeah. than your throat is, it sounds I was like, say. Mate. Good week for oh, me Darth to stay Vader. well away from you, isn't it, I think, this week? <laughs> well, you always do, but let's not um, start rumours. <laughs> not like Louis, who's decided to go all the way to Germany to avoid this cold. So, <laughs> so yes, I am in the hot seat today, um, which is a little bit surreal. Feels like the uh, the well, adult is away. Should we th- have a little party? Time, was, yeah, when was the last time you've done it? Oh, it's been a while. It has been a while. Been a while. But yeah, no, while the cat's away and all that. Exactly. So uh, We literally smashed the studio up. I mean, we're going to just do a normal show, probably, exactly. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. um, we were scrabbling around for content midweek, but as it is, it's quite packed uh, today. So coming up, we are first of all going to hear from George Lapsley, who uh, yesterday, I think, uh, or the day before, signed a new contract to the club. Um, we'll hear from him, we'll hear from Lee Boyer, um, who spoke about that in his press conference today. And we'll also look at the other contracts that remain outstanding. Um, we're going to hear from Ben Purrington after the the uh, 0-0 draw at Blackpool, uh, against Blackpool, sorry, at the weekend. Um, after that, chat about the lack of goals, which again, Boyer mentions in his press conference today. Um, we will then do some admin. We want to talk about the Upbeats walk, uh, the upcoming women's game at the Valley, um, and a couple of other things. And then we'll start to look ahead in the second half of the show to Saturday's trip at Wimbledon. We'll hear from Alan Seabrook, uh, the BBC London's Wimbledon correspondent. Um, hear from Lee Bowyer and we'll get Nathan's prediction on what surely is a must-win game this weekend. Um, but first things first, as I say, uh, earlier this week, George Lapsley announced that he had signed a new contract at the Valley. Um, and this is what he had to say about that. Right, George, uh, you just signed a new contract moments ago. You must be pretty pleased. Yeah, ecstatic, really. Happy just to get it over and done with. Been going on a while, so happy to get it done with, yeah. Been at this club for, for a long time, through the ranks and all that sort of stuff. Does it make you very proud that you've that the, well, the club has shown some, some faith in, in you as a, as a future star, if you like? Yeah, it makes me like, very proud of myself for what I've done and I'm sure my family are very proud and just try and kick on now and really establish myself in the team. It's been almost sort of like a, a breakthrough season for you. Do you think that, that's fair to say? Sunderland on opening day and then you look back at games like Pompey where you've earned yourself a couple of scars and stuff like that around that period of time. Um, you must be feeling pretty good about the season as a whole. Yes, yeah, it started off well and still going well and then obviously you've got to just try and get myself back in the team now and try and finish on a high. It's pointless having half a good season. You need to follow it through and try and get this club back to where it needs to be. You're one of a number of young academy players that have come through and are playing you know, in the matchday squad week in, week out. Um, what is it about this academy that, that, that makes it that way and producing players like yourself, do you think? I think 
people like Steve Avery have got to have a lot of credit for what they do and the hard work they put in behind the scenes and probably don't get as much credit as they deserve. I mean, I'd be like a lot less than what I am without Steve and I think even this year in particular for me, having Lee Bowyer and Jacko in the position they're in has been unreal for me and sort of probably propelled me to where I am. So I'm grateful to everyone that's helped me to get to get me to where I am. When you look back at you know the last how many years you've you've been wearing the red at Charlton, what's the sort of number one memory that stands out for you? Number one memory probably my debut goal, or maybe even uh, winning the nationals as under 18s captain. Both were quite proud achievements for me. Obviously, captain, as you said there, the, through the academy levels. Is that a goal for you, the first team to put on the captain's armband for Charlton? Is that something that, that has played in your mind? Definitely, definitely a goal. I mean, I think everyone here would say it's probably their goal to be the captain and obviously be the leader. And I'll just keep working hard day in, day out. Got to get my spot in the team first, and then if I play well, things will come with it. Um, shorter term, what sort of goals are you looking at now? Obviously, promotion is on the agenda, but uh, you know, beyond that, what what's the sort of things, the targets you want to hit? Just get as many appearances as I can. To be fair, not really, haven't really set myself a goal on what I want to achieve. Just every day, just be the best I can be, and then with that, things will come with it. And just keep trying my keep trying my best every day. That's all I'm going to do. Midfielder George Lapsley committed his future to the club by signing a long term contract this week. He's done exceptionally well for a young lad who, who couldn't get a game when he went on loan to Chelmsford and he's come back and uh, he's really proved the point. And, and that's what I say, again I'm, I'll repeat myself but when you get a chance you, you have to grab it and George done really well in, in pre-season. Obviously him and Albie and Taylor came away of his pre-season and, and, and they done well and, and George had the opportunity at, at Sunderland and he done very well and, and George keeps working hard, he keeps improving, um, needs to add goals to, his, to, to his, his positions that he's getting in, he needs to have a bit more of an end product but that's something we, we'll work on, you know, when we are. So, um, but overall, he, he deserves that new deal and, and the young lads that, your Joes and your Dylans and they're the future of the club and, and if, if you like they're more important than your older players that, that you bring in in the summer so it's good to time Dan and, um, and he deserves it because he's worked really hard So heard there from both uh, Lee Boyer and George Lapsley himself on that new deal keeping him at the club as I said earlier until at least 2021 uh, a quote from Steve Avery on the official site as well. Um, his attitude never changed, never ever changed. What you see there in training every day, he runs around, he has fantastic energy uh, and fitness level. Um, Nath, what have, have Jacko and Boya done in particular to harness that energy from the player we saw maybe a year or two ago? Um, I think... Uh, if we, I think if we cast our mind back to, I think it was Blackpool home game when he came on and he really looked out of, um, not in a, you know, not in a horrible way, but he looked like he wasn't ready. Um, went away with obviously Taylor and um, Albie and Priestens and Tor, and I think his game intelligence has improved. And the, when you're young and you're enthusiastic, you do start chasing the ball and start leaving yourself exposed behind you. And I think his his game management's improved, and maybe he's you know his his technical ability and he's reading the game. And I think remember back to Sunderland, I thought, oh, that's a risk, you know, mm. his first start. But that first half, he was one of our better players. 
And um, he used his energy in the right way. And I think that's what Bowes and Jacks are instilling in him, is how to play a central midfielder. Um, because obviously he came through the youth and he's captain the sides. Um, and yeah, he's just getting used to men's football and he, he's come on leaps and bounds and I think he can improve if he, he does improve his end product like Bo said. Mm. And in fact, he mentioned that as well. He mentioned the in-possession stuff is what he's really mm. improved on and said that he's still maturing and obviously learning. I mean, we forget just how young he is again. He's only really broken on the scene this season, but such a mature performance at Sunderland and you'd say performances have only improved really. Um, where do you see his career going from here? I mean, obviously he loves the club and as a youngster he's delighted to sign now. If that was you or me, obviously we would mm. want to stay here probably for life. But, yeah. you know, if he gets uh, continues to improve, gets the captaincy here, you know, if he starts to build that legacy, is he the sort of player you can see having to move on, one of those that we eventually shift? Or, or do you think he, he's one of those players that could see out his career here? Yeah, I, I think he could definitely um, see his career here. I mean, if if I try and compare him to the likes of of, you know, like a Gomez or a John Joe. Can I see him going to a big club like right now? No. Um, but that's not to say he won't ever get there. Uh, I think if you, you can only cast him like, even to the Pompey game, um, he was absolutely, you know, he was everywhere and got a concussion for the, for the hell of it. But um, no, Twice, I think... I think he, in the two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, he could, I think if he adds goals to his game, I think that's what he's missing. I mean, we know he can get stuck in and he, he's brave and he can, you know, he can pass the ball. Um, but at the moment, for him to go on that next level, like a Joe Rebo, when Joe first came on the scene against Bristol, you know, he got two assists in his first game and he has that little bit extra. And I think you can't dispute George's, you know, um, he's ethic and he's enthusiastic and he just needs that extra, you know, that extra edge to him um, to make him something that stands out. We talk a lot on the show about the academy and just in general how good it is and we obviously had Steve Avery on the other week um, interview with, with Louis how important do you think it is for fans to have a, an academy player at the club and playing regularly in the Charlton shirt yeah I th- I, naturally I think fans give um, academy uh, graduates more time um, I think we give them like, something because you don't demand a fee obviously naturally when a, if someone comes in for a fee not that we've done that in any for any recent years but you, you, th- there's an expectation level but when someone comes through the youth I think fans will be a bit more patient and know that he's going to make mistakes and, and it's nice to see someone grow and eventually the level we're at the moment they probably will go if they do fulfil their potential which is a shame but it is what it is in famous words of Bose but not only to the fans I think it's important for graduates coming through at the moment so um, players, you know, like Brendan Sarpomirudu, who's just gone to Bromley. Players like that that were on, they're on the fringes, and they can and they can see, you know, they keep grafting, they keep learning. They will get their chance, you know, if they, if they're good enough, they'll play. And I think that's what's important, and um, it must be an inspiration to everyone at a level. Considering you look at the likes of Jaden Sancho, where he's at an academy that's probably got the best facilities in the world, or one of, mm. but he's having to go out to Germany to try and prove himself. So. I think it's important that, that that other players can look up to George and Albie and deals and um, see that they can actually make it here. Cool. And London Inuit Geezer has just tweeted in here in the audio, gotta love George Lapsley, proper Charlton. I think we'd all agree with that. Um, we asked for your three-word reviews earlier today on the news that George Lapsley has signed that contract. Ev James gets in touch and says, well done, lad. Uh, Liam Shepard, get more signed. Steve Catley, try playing him, or George, not Johnny, which is an interesting one. Um, Ev James then comes back again with commitment, 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 again with bloody good show, and then uh, <laughs> SE7 Charlton Podcast, bloody splendid news. Uh, Michael Broad, really good news. Spenny J66, made in Charlton. 
George Burkett, great. Now Aribo, which is something we'll touch on in a second. Uh, Daniel Trathan, some good news. London Inuit Geezer again, absolutely bleeding ecstatic. Thanks for uh, editing that yourself this time, London Inuit Geezer. Uh, and Freddie Wells says, gorgeous Georgie Lapsley. Um, Rob Leaford also extending his, uh, his three-word limit. Great news, the kid has a big, big future in front of him if he continues his development with the same attitude and application he's shown so far, especially working with Bo, Jacko and the lads. Now need to get Aribo signed up pronto, and there was a couple of mentions there. And I suppose it is the logical place to move on. Mm. Um, Bo, you mentioned him in a Rich Corley piece on the tran- uh, the Lapsley contract this week. How important is that? I mean, we saw Aribo come back into the side on Saturday, again look to class above. I mean, he's someone, again, who could easily be a future Charlton captain here, mm. but he's that little bit more experience. He's got that little bit of age on his side. Um, in that he's that couple of years older. Realistically, how long can we keep him and, and how much do you think we've got a chance of signing him down to a new deal this season? I'm, uh, personally, I think I'm, you know, I'm quite confident. I think um, Joe uh, he's, he's quite naturally a shy person, um, as we both know, and um, I think obviously him coming through coming through Cholton via Staines, I think Staines Town, wasn't it? I think, and I think Joe's got got his head screwed on, and he knows that he's still developing. There's a lot of areas of his game that he can improve, but by you know that's not to say that he hasn't improved massively in other aspects. I mean, in terms of his his calmness on the ball, his dribbling skills. Because I mean, when he first came through, I think he played on the left, didn't he, yeah, against yeah. Bristol. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, he he can go very far, and that's not to say that he won't get snapped up again. Go back to the the situation we're in; it might it's likely, but I think Joe really does, you know, think that he's probably got a, a few more years here yet. Um, if anything was going to happen, it probably might have done already. Um, if he was going to move for big money, but he's he's learning his craft. He's doing well. He's playing well. He's adding goals to his game. He's learning off two of the central, one of two great central midfielders, especially obviously in Bows and the levels he's played at. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm confident, um, but I'm not going to, you know, be a hundred percent sure until he obviously signs. But I'm reasonably confident that he'll sign a new one. One of the questions I have for you, and it's one of those around the logic of Roland du Châtelet again. Um, so good luck with this. Yeah, but obviously, we, we have signed deals down to a new contract. We have signed Lapsley down to a new contract. There is talk today that we're going to offer a Rebo, an, uh, a Rebo, sorry, an improved deal uh, or an improved offer. If we're prepared to put that money into new contracts, and depending on the length, you know, that could be an, an investment that costs quite a fair bit of money. Why were we not prepared to dip into the market and pay some money for a striker? Because it's not like Roland isn't putting his hand in his pocket for some things. Now, obviously, mm. that contract may well be taken over by a new owner. Mm. But given the drop-off we have seen since Grant left, um, and I think it's pretty clear that that, if not the only reason, has played a, vi- a big, big part in the reason we've dropped. Why do you think there was that reluctance to buy someone? Is it, as he said, that we've got Lyle and Josh and Igor, or is there something else going on there, do you think? Um, I mean, in terms of not signing someone, um, I think when you sign someone permanently, it's a, a lot more cash up front um, that you're probably going to have to shell out. Uh, contracts, you usually have uh, some sort of signing on fee, an agent fee of some sort, and you know maybe an increase in a salary for the player. But um, if you compare that to, uh, say, a transfer fee, um, you the type of player that Bowyer may want may have been quite experienced. There may not have been a sell-on value. Um, there's probably many facets into why they didn't do it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have done it because I think we all know that we should have. 
Um, but I, I can understand why you're trying to tie the younger players down because, mm. like Bo says, they are the future of the club and they are saleable assets, which you know you can't get away from. We're not any club at this level is you know, their assets will be for sale if someone offers a silly price. So I can understand them offering the younger players to get them tied down on longer deals. Um, I saw CAFC uh, facts and stats tweet the other day, and if this is true, it's a concern that I think Philip Solly, Jigsteel, Pierce, Saar, Page. Pratley, Maloney, Lapsley and Taylor are currently the only ones who have a contract going past 1920. Yeah. Um, if that's true, obviously taking into account every other player, but also Bowyer and Jacko, how big a concern is that for you, given that the sale doesn't appear to be happening anytime soon? Um, I think if we don't go up, I think it's a concern. Um, I think the likes of Pat, I think Pat will be gone um, f- for sure by the end of this year. I just think you know he would nearly went and then the Blackburn interest come in, but Pat is good for this division. I'm pretty sure he'll go on a free unless we go up. But yeah, if we, if we don't go up this year, I think we'll probably be in a position where next season we'll have quite a, not a situation like Blackpool where you'll have three people turn up, but you'll have a very young squad. Um, and, you know, and that's the way it is. I mean, you know, uh, in terms of the older players, I can understand I'm not offering the longer deals for them, but, I think it will hinge on what division we're in on, on how our squad is shaped. But to do that, you're going to need someone in charge who knows the squad and knows what we need. If the, if Roland does say, well, I'm not renewing anyone's contracts, mm. but like, for, for example, Pat. Well, we'll hear from Lee Bowyer later on who does touch on uh, his contract and where he stands on that later in the show. Um, but moving on, uh, one player who we'll hear from who, is he on loan at the moment, Ben Purrington? Yeah. Um, so he w- probably won't be with us next year either. He uh, spoke to Assembled Media after Blackpool at the weekend, as we say, a nil-nil draw. Um, and this is how he saw the game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, same as the last couple of games, really. Obviously, without a win, four games now. Um, dominated the game, to be fair, but obviously didn't create enough chances, uh, clear-cut chances. Um, we had a lot of possession. They kind of sat in at times. Didn't really like conceding, which has been probably the case in a lot of the games that we've played. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. Shame not to just get the goal um, and the win. That's it, really. Yes, with Blackpool's defensive record on the road this season, you sort of knew what sort of game we'd be in for this afternoon. Yeah, of course. Um, obviously, they're, they're a good side. Um, they're doing well in the league. Um, had a few decent results recently. Um, it's going to be tough. Um, didn't take anything for granted, and obviously getting the three points, but. And they've come away with a point that's not what we wanted. Um, we've got to move on now to Wimbledon and focus on that. Obviously, there's a danger of getting sucked in a little bit now. No wins in, in four. And uh, I think Lee's sort of saying that the top two is looking a bit of a distinct possibility now. It's certainly becoming a lot harder. But there's also the danger if this continues that the, uh, the chasing pack might sort of catch up as well. Yeah, of course. Obviously, it's a competitive league. And if we don't string some wins together, then inevitably people will catch us. Um, it's the same at the bottom, it's the same at the top. Um, we obviously need to push on again now and get a little rhythm back and get a little run going. Because we had quite a few times where we had the ball in and around the edge of the air, and it just seems to be over the last few weeks that perhaps the final, the final balls and the final, the final pass hasn't really been happening for us. Yeah, even around the bottom, it hasn't quite fallen right, or we've had a shot, it's been deflected just wide. I know Rebo's shot is flying in, a little, little touch, and it goes out for a corner. It's just one of them things. A couple of crosses and stuff, we just need to. Tidy it up and it hopefully it all comes back. How, how's the mood in there? Because when, when, when you've gone a couple of games without without a win, is there the danger that the, uh, the, the mood could drop a bit as well? Yeah, of course. Um, but 
as a group, we've got to stay strong together now, and you can see the quality that we've got in the squad. Um, it's a deep squad. We've got people who can come in and deliver the quality, so nothing changes. We work hard for the next game. And obviously, we see with um, with Carlin leaving a few weeks ago, and we saw what what Lyle thought about that in, in the paper yesterday. But you know, as a squad, I mean, has, has it knocked you back a bit at all with, with one of the best players leaving? Obviously, Carlin, I was only with him for what three or four games, um, but yeah, he's a quality player, and obviously he's, he's moved on um, to good things and all the best to him. But obviously, it, it does play a part. He's obviously a really good player, and but we got good enough people to come in, hopefully. Push pushes on again um, in that position. So there's nothing we can do about it now. I've um, just got to move on. From a personal point of view, how are you enjoying life at Charlton? Yeah, I'm loving it to be fair. Um, it's a great club. You can every week now the fans are loud and it's a good pitch, good stadium. It's a good feel around the place. Um, obviously being at the top of the league, um, good players, every, all the staff friendly, everyone. Um, yeah, fairly enjoying it. And you're. Um... Because obviously you're on loan. I mean, have you thought about your own future when it comes towards the end of the season? I'm not sure what your, your contract situation is at Rotherham, actually. But um, have, you, have you got more time in your deal there? Or? I've got an, another year there, yeah. Um, I'm just taking every game as I can now. I'm not taking it for granted, just trying to stay in the team, um, get some more games in. I've, I've racked up quite a few now. Um, this year on 36 games or something already, so hopefully keep them coming. Yeah, it's, it's good for me. That, that back four you're, you're playing in at the moment, I mean, it's, it's, it's had to chop and change a few times recently, but there's, there's one man who's really stepped up to the plate over the last few weeks in Navi Sarr. Um, when he first came to the club a few years ago, he had, he had a bit of a difficult time, so to see him performing so well has uh, had a lot of fans pleased, and we obviously like to play alongside. Oh, yeah, you know what you get from Navi, he's strong, he wins everything in the air, um, he's good on the ball, steps out of it well, it's obviously he talks to me, it's good, it's a pleasure to have him to my right hand side in the middle. Um, I feel like they get on well and got a good little partnership and I think since I've been in nice what, four clean sheets in six games and obviously the results haven't quite been what we wanted but it's a positive for being a defender I guess um, keeping the clean sheets and hopefully we can keep them coming and get the goals at the other end as well Looking ahead to next weekend obviously it'll be a bit of a weird one for you having played for Wimbledon in the first half of this season Yeah Are you, um, are you still in touch with any of the lads down there? Yeah um, obviously they're a good group of lads there um, I've really enjoyed my time there um, Obviously, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to come and play here, um, but they're obviously they're not doing too bad. They've got a couple of draws and a couple of wins together now. Um, they're not a bad side, so obviously take nothing for granted when we go there. Um, but hopefully, yeah, we can get the three points. But I guess you more so than anyone will know what sort of game we'll be up for at Wimbledon as well. So you'd be telling your, your teammates what to expect. Yeah, it's never a nice place to go. Um, their place is it's a small pitch. Um, it's going to be a It'll be a tough game. It'll be like long ball times. Um, the pitch is, it, it's all right to be fair. You can pass it around, but it's a very tight pitch. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have to adapt a little bit to that. Obviously, they had a difficult time of it in the league, but their the cup run shows that they can on their day um, put some very good teams to the sword. Yeah, um, obviously they've had a great cup run. Um, when I was there, obviously we got through to the fourth, and then they've pushed on again. I think they only lost one 0 to obviously a champ side today. So. They're not bad side when when they when they turn up. Um, it's just on the odd occasion, obviously. They just go one goal behind and they they struggle. Um, but yeah, we know what we're going to be in for. It's going to be a tough game. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be all right. That's Ben Purrington there talking after the nil nil draw with Blackpool. Um, he mentioned goals being a problem, um, not clean sheets hugely. Um, 
And we just hear a little bit from Boya today as well, who also discussed goals in his press conference. So we'll just have a minute clip on what he had to say about the lack of goals in recent weeks as well. Lee, much has been made of Carlin Grant's departure to Huddersfield and the void left behind. Is it now the responsibility of other players to step up to the mark and contribute goals? Um, yeah, I think that's stating the obvious. Uh, can't now just everything be on Lowell's shoulders. So when people get a chance, then they, they have to grab it and and do what they're good at and, and provide goals or score goals. Um, I've said that the last couple of weeks, you know, when you get a chance, you've got to grab it. But that's, that's every player. And, and the midfielders, wide men, whatever, they have to start contributing as well. I think Joe, obviously, he's been out for a while as well when he was contributing. So having him back in the, in the squad now is, is, is going to help there, I think. I believe he'll go on and score a few goals between now and the end of the season, so he'll add to it. But um, yeah, for sure, other players have started, got to start contributing. Yeah. So as Boya says, there other players have got to start contributing. Um, you spoke about it briefly on Sunday as well. One goal in the last four games. Um, Parker not so good when he started at the weekend. Um, Igor impressing when he came on. What's the answer, do you think, Nathan? And do you think we've got enough goals in us across the, the side to get that playoff place? Oh, of course. I think you look at the quality we've got in the field. There's goals there. You've, you know, Reeves is capable. Williams is capable. Um, Fosu is capable, even though he wasn't in the squad, um, which, you know, raised the eyebrows, but he's capable. Um, you know, all, you know, Igor, you know, when he's in his prime, he was, but he's a bit off that. <laughs> Parker. Yeah, we've got. Listen, we're not. We, you know, we've not got thirty. You know, two fifteen goal season strikers now at the moment. But you don't become. Yes, Carlin scored goals for us, and he did get us lots of assists. But you know, we weren't just relying on Carlin. We used to. You had to get the chances to him. Yeah, Lyle made some, and some of the others made some. So we don't become a bad team overnight just because Carlin leaves. We might have to adjust our play a little bit, but we we can. We've just got to be, I know we heard it a lot last year when um, when Robbo was here, is that we just need to be ruthless. And the difference between us and the teams of like Luton is they won't just settle for one or two. They they put their chances away. They'll be, they'll win threes and fours. We don't do that. And that's the difference between being top two and where we are. And if we, uh, listen, top two, I think, is very, it's, it's very slim, but it's still possible. But if we're going to cement those these top six places, and then even if we make them get, get to Wembley and win at Wembley, we need to start taking our chances. And there's no there's no beating around the bush with that. That is what it is, and we need to start doing it and quickly. For me, right uh, on that positive note, I think <laughs> we'll have a quick thirty second break, and we'll be back shortly to discuss some more positive news around the club. Charlton have the three points in the bag. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, as I said, I promised a bit more positive news for everybody. Um, first of all, the Upbeats Walk is coming around again. Again, you briefly mentioned it on Sunday, Nath. Um, something that's been running for years. You and I have taken part recently. Uh, it's going to be 13th of April before the Luton game. Um, you get breakfast, you get lunch, you get a t-shirt. You get to meet some Charlton legends, some Charlton Live legends. Uh, and most importantly, the Upbeats, of course. Um, and you raise money for a fantastic cause. Mm. Um, it's just a great day. Um, you can sign up at the Community Trust website. Um, I know they were having some problems earlier in the week. I don't know if that's been resolved yet. But certainly if you look on their Twitter, um, you'll be able to get involved and sign up. But how important is it that uh, that day and, and just how much fun is it, Nave? Yeah, it's great. Um, I think we've done it last uh, couple, I think. Um, if you have, haven't done it before, I'd advise you to go and do it. Just don't do what I did last year and do it in jeans and Converse because you'll be dying. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a great day from the start to the finish. Um, it's good to, like you say, you meet some legends, you know, you, you can you meet other Charlton fans. And it's it's a, it's a long walk, but everyone gets you through it. Um, and, and most importantly, is it's the day for the Upbeats where we celebrate and um, we raise money for them because the joy is on their faces. It's it's priceless. And that day, watching them play on the pitch and just showing them, seeing how much they're enjoying themselves and how friendly they are, it all talk to them. Um it's great. It's a great day, and I think it's something that really epitomises the club um, doing everything for the community, and and everyone chips in, and it's a great, it's a really good day, and I can't, you, know, I can't, you know, um, what's the word? Express, you know, how everyone should try yeah. and get involved. You know, some people might not be able to do. I don't know, um, is it thirteen miles or something? Or about nine, I or think. something like that. Yeah, so a bit less than that. Then it's a lot, it but is a it's, long it's, way. It, it feels a lot longer than nine miles. I tell you, yeah, it takes but, your knees um, a time to recover, doesn't it, it? It does, and it's it's a great day. So honest, if you can do it, if you're about in the Luton game. Obviously, I'm doing it. I'm sure you and Lou, well, Lou will probably have to do a little bit because he's got to set up. And he had to run last time, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, to run. <laughs> well, that would have been a picture. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, have, have a look on the on the Trust website and stuff and get involved if you can because it's such a great day. Fantastic. Completely agree with that. Um, also coming up, Chris Solly's testimonial uh, takes place on Sunday the 17th of March. I believe there are still some tickets available. Um, the 2012 title win inside were announced as, as being there uh, the other day I think literally every Charlton player I've ever heard of is going um, current players a host of others as well set to be a really good event um, and again all proceeds this time will be going to Prostate Cancer UK um, and other charities that I believe Chris Solly will be choosing as well um, so again I'd really encourage people to get involved and for that you can sign up through Charlton's website directly um, 
And then moving on, uh, Charlton Women. They have a huge game at the Valley coming up. Um, they played here against West Ham last season. Unfortunately, lost that game. Um, but they're coming back. They're going to be taking on Millwall at the Valley. Um, it's on Tuesday, the 13th of March. It's a 7.45 kickoff, so I think it's a Tuesday evening. Um, we were there for that West Ham game. Had a really good night despite the result. Um, you're going to be coming down again, Nath? Yeah, I think if we definitely get up in the game too again, that was good. Good, that um, was good fun. Good day it? that day. I, did we, we didn't commentate, did we? No, no we, we just, just done little diaries, didn't we? But yeah, no, it's a great day, and it was unfortunately we didn't beat West Ham. Um, I don't just don't think we turned up on the day, but yeah, no. Um, hopefully we can get, get get involved. Yeah, the women have been performing really, really well this season. Unfortunately, lost out last night to uh, to Aston Villa two 0 a rare defeat you would say for them. Um, and after the game, Steve Adamson spoke to Ritesh Mizra, the uh, Charlton Athletic uh, women's manager, and this is what he had to say about the game. Um, yeah, thoughts on uh, thoughts on that defeat tonight? So, yeah. Well, of course, we're hugely disappointed. We saw it as a um, an opportunity to try and close the gap. We knew that there were other teams around us were playing today, um, so there was a bit of pressure on the game. So, I mean, overall, we're hugely disappointed because it's a big blow for us. Um, first half, um, Villa, Villa created a few chances in the first half. Was, was that the, where they where they won it? Obviously, the two goals. Well, I think so. It's always hard um, coming in two 0 down, but I think we still always felt that we were in the game. Um, even at half time, we spoke and it was fairly fairly positive. I, I think that actually it was it was down to us that we were two 0 down rather than um, good play from Villa. I think that yeah, they were clinical with their chances, um, and I, I do think you know the the first half. Um, on reflection, we may have set up in, in probably the the wrong way or the wrong shape to, to actually go and try and win the game. So we're always playing catch-up. Second half, we looked a lot more uh, effective. We looked more potent, create some chances, didn't quite get a goal, really, to come back and score three to win the game. We need an early goal, and we, we failed to do that. Was, um, uh, the, the, the defending in the, a concern mm. in the first half? I mean, the two goals came through, balls through the middle that, yeah. that, that sort of like left them with one-on-one finishes. Yeah, and, and we... we we did look quite open um, in the in the first half when we did concede the chances, but they came from um, I think certainly more our mistakes than uh, than carving us open. But then again, you know, for me, it's, did did we um, and I set the the girls up in um, the right shape to be able to prevent that. Um, and then when you do make um, mistakes at this level, you do tend to get punished because Villa are a decent team. Um, but I, I don't think um, it's too much of a concern long term because defensively we've been quite strong this season. Um, so. Good response in the second half. Perhaps mm-hmm. unlucky not to get at least mm-hmm. one goal back. I think so. We had one or two, one or two clear-cut chances, which really we have to score. And if we do, I think it then just gives us a bit more momentum and takes us in maybe to the last 15, 20 minutes, um, trying to score and then and then hopefully nick a winner towards the end. But we failed to um, create many more than two or three clear opportunities. Um, I think on you know when you look at the game as a whole, Villa probably deserved to win the game they were a bit more clinical than we were but the second half they, they didn't really have a, a sniff and we were quite, quite aggressive we were um, a bit more potent so we played a little bit more direct and that seemed to suit us in the second half and we, we just didn't get that goal um, so, Spoken about just about um, Tottenham's result looks like they've got the win yep. um, it, it makes it tough now this defeat combined with that to, mm. to, to, to catch them and, and Manchester United again well, I think if we, you know, firstly if we don't win we're always going to be um, drifting from the top two, and the fact that they've scored a you know a really late winner by the looks of it, I think it gives them and Man United real strength at the moment. Um, but listen, we've got to play both teams. We know they've got tough run-ins. This league's very competitive now, um, and there's still 18 points up for grabs for us. So I think yeah, we're, we're probably 
coming out of the game we're in a worse position now than we were before but we've still got a chance and we've got to believe that we've got to fight for that um, and listen we're doing so well uh, to be competing let alone still being in with a chance so we can't forget that um, but we've got six big games six cup finals we can't really afford to drop points now um, and then we've got to hope that things happen for us uh, in, other, in other games and you've got a little bit of a break now and then after that um, one of the, the first of those big games at home to uh, home to Millwall yeah. which, which becomes <coughs> must win as you say as, as yeah. the majority of them will yeah. win I mean um, since Christmas every game for us has been a must win and that's because we put ourselves in such a good opportunity and built such a good platform at you know, the first half of the season so uh, to say every, every game's a must win yes it's tough but it's a, it's a position we want to be in and we've earned our way to get here um, the Millwall game is a local derby it's at the Valley um, big pitch hopefully get a big crowd so it's a great opportunity for us to go and kind of play show everybody how far we've come and the last time we played at the Valley I think we've really come very far since then so still a lot to play for and we're looking forward to it already and Millwall um, I believe they've won tonight as well at oh have they okay. so, so oh, okay. Okay. that shows uh, brilliant you know I mean they were bottom of the table just shows in this, okay. in this division anyone Good. You know, on, the, on, on the day can, okay. can do anything I mean that, that just shows the progress they're making we, we've seen from recent results that they've um, helped teams really close and this league's just become very unpredictable now I think there's you know one or two teams who have been stand out and I think Spurs and Man U have been the most consistent towards the top end of the league um, but now you look at all teams anybody can take points of anyone that's why we've got to believe that teams are going to nick points off Spurs and Man U I know that Spurs keep getting you know late winners and that's going to build momentum for them but I think they'll you know, they'll have very tough games to come including ours so we've just got to hope that they drop points and we continue to take points Quickly, Tish, you got a couple of weeks before the Millwall game itself, but the players will be back in training um, every op- early opportunity to try and recover. I think, so. I mean, it's a sore, it's all wound to try and start healing from. We're, we're in Birmingham now and we've got a three, four hour journey to get back to London, so I think there's going to be a bit of time for us to kind of recover. Um, a few days off, I think, after this will probably be a good thing. And then, look, we've got to go straight back into work. We're at uh, an elite level of football and you can't allow one game or one result to define your whole season and define your whole uh, whole club and I've asked the players let's not make the next three months um, something not to play for um, it's going to take a lot of character I think from players um, it's one of those situations where you know if you really want to be somewhere you've got to find the internal motivation and that's what we're going to be looking for um, so tough one to take but we'll get back at the training ground and work hard Ritish Mizra there talking about uh, Charlton women's 2-0 defeat last night to Aston Villa. As I say, a surprise defeat really, um, or a rare defeat because I think they've been uh, playing well above what we expected of them this season. Um, Back to the men's side, looking ahead to Wimbledon um, at the weekend. Seen a tweet from Reese who says, if we don't win on Saturday, I'll have serious doubts about us making the playoffs for the first time since Rochdale away. Um, Really is no excuses if we don't win versus bottom of the league. Can't go into Donny and Pompey games on winless run and outside the playoffs must win. Um, and I think we'd agree with that. Um, looking ahead to Wimbledon, um, we'll hear from, from Alan Seabrook in a, in a second. Um, it's become a weird derby, I feel, over over the last couple of years. I mean, we, we are both London teams, but we're not particularly close. But obviously Carl Robinson comes in um, and he's got that lack of a relationship, if you like, with that club. Um, Lyle Taylor obviously made the switch last year as well. Um, and earlier this season, obviously, we saw uh, sendings off at both ends um, in the game. So it's become a, a weird little rivalry, would you say? Yeah, it has. Um, I don't know why, because I don't really see him as a rival no. um, in the slightest. 
Um, I think I see it as a little bit more of a rival uh, p- personally because of the uh, sort of the games that Bromley used to have against them when they were coming up through the leagues. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I want to win every game like everyone does. Mm. But I suppose if if we do do have a derby in in is actually Wimbledon or Gillingham, isn't it? So which shows how far we've fallen. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it is. It's a game, but it's a game that we need to win. Like like uh, they said there, and especially after their good result against Rochdale, um, their tails are going to be up. Piggott got a hat trick. Shock that someone comes into form when they play us. Um, <laughs> and then it's Charlton player exactly. And but the, again, we've said it week in week out. These are the games you're going to have to win if you want to finish top six. Especially with the two results after that. I completely agree. Um, so last night I caught up with Alan Seabrook uh, from BBC London, described as uh, as the Wimbledon correspondent. He often covers them, although he, he does cover some of the other clubs as well. Um, and I started by asking him just about how uh, Wimbledon season had gone so far as a whole. Great. So I'm joined on the phone this evening by Alan Seabrook, BBC London's Wimbledon correspondent. Alan, how are you doing? Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. How are you, Ian? Yeah, good, thank you, good. Um, so Charlton make the relatively short trip out to Kingston on Saturday. Um, the host rooted firmly to the bottom of the table at the moment. Just tell us a little bit about the season as a whole. Uh, well, it started with a lot of optimism, I have to say. There was, there was quite the change of players and pre-season went very well. Um, but pretty soon things sort of started to go in uh, awry, shall we say. The results didn't quite come. Um Things seem to be going against them in terms of refereeing decisions left, right and centre. There was a, a clear penalty, which I think went viral uh, on YouTube, uh, when Andy Barcham was brought down in the penalty in one game. He got, we got a free kick on the edge of the air with a hammer. There were all sorts of things that seemed to be conspiring against Wimbledon. Mm. Um, the, 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 so if, if things really didn't kind of get going. And I think that it, what they kind of compounded themselves as the season progressed, results didn't come, we became a bit more desperate and we, we started playing a bit more within ourselves. I think we started playing deeper and deeper. I think when we played at your place, we lost 2-0, it's very negative. Um, the two holding midfield players that were, were sitting very deep, neither of them strayed from their, um, their own half or the edge of their own penalty area very much. It, there has been a sea change in, in terms of that. It's been a lot more front foot of late. Um, the results still haven't necessarily come for Wimbledon. Um, but we have won our last two so in the league, certainly. So hopefully this time we can get something going. Good. And um, you mentioned there about the slight transition. Neil Ardley, obviously a club legend, um, left in November after about six years in charge, I think. Replaced by Wally Downs, obviously also has a lot of affinity with Wimbledon. Um, and how's that transition been? How has he started? You mentioned the two wins there and you mentioned slightly more attacking football. Um, how's Wally got on over his first few games? I think that it was sad to see Neil go. He, he gave the club a lot, um, but certainly I think the time had come for him to part the club. Uh, and while he's coming in, he's got new ideas. And, he, and there have been times when it's um, it's looked very good. And we had a couple of wins over the Christmas period, and everyone thought, "Well, this is it. Here we go." Um, but sadly, uh, with them, we, we didn't. With the FA, I don't know if the FA Cup run got in the way, but certainly things didn't go so well after that. And it, we've won our last two away from home. Um, there was a really good spirit about the, the victory on Tuesday night uh, with the 4-3 win um, against Rochdale, one of the rivals that we've got. So, uh, And it's a different style of plan. It is more on the front foot. And, and I think it, you know he, he will change it from time to time as well. So he keeps you kind of guessing and on your toes a little bit, which must be good because I imagine he does that for the opposition as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the cup run there. Obviously, it's been a 
a great cup run for a team down in League One, particularly given their position. Um, unfortunately, lost out to Millwall, but certainly gave them a game last week. Do you think the runs had a, a galvanising effect on the club? You mentioned there about whether it's maybe affected some of their results in the league. Uh, I think it probably has been a galvanising effect. You look at the West Ham, the players have no excuses. If they can raise themselves for, for, the, for the way they did against West Ham, and certainly put in a good performance against Millwall uh, on Saturday, last Saturday, um, then certainly there are no excuses to be had. And I think Wally has made had a positive impact in, in certainly in terms of that. But I think also he's seen something that may have just been underlying a little bit with the sort of brought Neil down to a small degree that there seems to be a, a little bit of an issue. I mean, we, we will roll up again this Saturday after two away wins in the league and a good performance at home to Millwall in the Cup and expect big things. And it, for some reason, it just doesn't seem to happen. And, and that was happening. Uh, that's happened a couple of times under Wally and it happened a few times under Neil. And I know... For both the managers, it's been a cause of great frustration. Mm. Yeah, OK, great. Um, in terms of the last couple of seasons, really, it's become a bit of a derby. I know both teams are, are technically based in London anyway, but you look at Carl Robinson in charge of the Addicts and we know his history with, with not AFC Wimbledon in particular, but the other <laughs> lot, if you like. Um, yeah, not AFC Wimbledon, I like the way you put that. <laughs> uh, and then obviously Lyle Taylor making the switch as well this season, um, scored against us, I think, last season in the game um, yeah. at Wimbledon. Um, and then the game earlier this season saw saw two sendings off, one from either side as well. Um, so it's kind of made itself into a bit of a derby. How do Wimbledon fans view the game, do you think, against Charlton? Yeah, certainly I see it as a, a big game for Wimbledon. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure how it sits with the other fans, but yeah, I think it has been. I mean, you mentioned Lyle Taylor there and, and the issues that Wimbledon have had this season. Losing Tyre, uh, Lyle up top and, and Darius Charles at the back, I think, have been instrumental in Wimbledon's problems this season. They've never really quite replaced either player. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I see, I've always seen it as, as a big, big game. It's a London derby. Um, Charlton have always been at this level very good. They've always given us a, a trouble, a trouble, a lot of trouble. And I remember last season when we did win, and it was a Lyles uh, winner. Um, we had a lot. We've not played well at your place, and I was very concerned about what would happen. But I seem to remember the lads really lifted themselves for that one. So clearly, maybe something deep down, the players don't want to lose that one either. There's a bit of London pride at stake. Mm, and kind of building on that, then, as I said earlier, they really showed a very uh, a big lack of ambition to sort of push forward earlier in the season at the Valley. Do we expect that different from them being at home? I would think so. I mean, under Wally Downs, it has been a bit more off the front foot. They're playing with wingbacks now. They're looking to get people for them out. People queuing up to try and get shots in. It's incredible. Joe Piggott scored a hat-trick in midweek in the 4-3 win. Uh, we've got their first penalty of the season. I think definitely you'll expect more because, let's face it, Wimbledon, these are these are must wins now. Every game is a must win. That they've got, um, I think it's four of the bottom six still to play. So that is there to be had. But they need, but they need, I think, about eight wins from the last thirteen games. They can't come up to Charlton and think, well, Charlton are at the top end. Maybe we'd be happy with a draw. I think we, they have to go out and, win, and attempt to win everything because they just need those points on the board. And uh, you mentioned Joe Piggott there. Obviously, I know. In the cup run, another another former addict in uh, Scott Wagstaff has has had a good cup run, um, and the beard hopefully uh, says a lot about that as well. Um, but who should the addicts be looking out for in terms of players? Is it those, or is there somebody else? Uh, well, I think 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think those two are, two are key to it. That's if they get in, Scott Wagstaff didn't start, didn't even come on a substitute uh, against Millwall. So, um, Wally Downs, he's brought some good players in. Uh, Mitch Pinnock has been sort of one of the, the, the standout players this season, but certainly he didn't. He hasn't started the last couple of games. Connolly was injured in midweek. He's lightning quick, um, uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll give defences a problem. Um, hopefully he can give yours a problem on Saturday. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that there are plenty of threats around the side. Creating too many chances has been a problem, but um, clearly they, they made more than enough uh, at Rochdale on Tuesday. Um, and then just, just finally for me, off the pitch, there's kind of, there's talk of a new stadium um, and there seems to be a lot of development around the club as a whole. Even if they were to get relegated this year, do you think for AFC Wimbledon fans there's, there's an exciting future on the way? Oh yeah, I mean, I think so. My big concern when they got promoted was when they, if, if, if and when they got relegated back without the ground, how they would survive that first season back in it because they've got a lot of investment elsewhere now. Um, so I think if they go down, mm. then next season could be crucial. After that, they've got the ground. If they go, if they go down with the ground, they'll, they'll have a lot of income and finances around the place to be able to push themselves forward. Wimbledon have come such a long way with what they've got. So I suggest, in order to answer your question, if they get the ground, then this is just kind of a, a pause mm. in the progress. Once they get the ground, I think that they'll be in a position that they can then kick on again. Whether that's going to be from League Two or League One. Um, We'll have to wait and see how many the end of the season will tell. But um, certainly, I think there's still plenty to look forward to. It's difficult at the moment, but Wimbledon will get through this period. They've got through worse. And, you know, there, there, there is a bright future, and I think they can get a ground and they, they can kick on from there. Alan Seabrook there from BBC London, giving us the lowdown on all things AFC Wimbledon. It'd be difficult, like I said. I think they won uh, against Watchdale 4 3. Um, and they're going to be fine. It's these games where um, I think sometimes we struggle against. Um, but with them being at home, they're not going to... Well, I'm pretty sure they won't be do, using the tactics they used when they were here, um, being the home side, which may play into our hands. But as I said earlier, and as Bo said, and you know, quite a lot of fans are saying, at the moment, we need to get our shooting boots back on. Um, because if Rochdale can score three against them, you know, we, we should be score. We could be scoring a lot more. So... Be you know we need to be ruthless, um, be professional, and you know show him respect because Wally has done a good job since he's been in, um, and that West Ham game it weren't a it weren't a fluke that West Ham game yeah West Ham were off, but um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game and with like I said the next two after this it's going to be really really big in our season I think. Right, so uh, we'll now hear from Lee Boyer. He spoke to Tony Hud today, um, and this is what he had to say looking ahead to AFC Wimbledon. Lyle Taylor, Taylor makes a first return to his former club, which no doubt he's looking forward to. But he has to be careful because he's walking on a tightrope. One more caution triggers a too-much suspension. Yeah, um, but he, he plays on the edge. I think that's when he's playing his best. Uh, I'll be telling him again don't, not to get involved in, in anything, stupidly. Um, I thought Saturday's booking was was harsh. For me, I don't think he done anything wrong again. I think he's being targeted. He gets booked for things that a lot of their players don't get booked for, whoever we're playing. So um, I definitely believe he's he's getting targeted for whatever reason. I don't know whether it's because he's a physical lad and 
the way he plays, but I'll, that's the way I tell him to play. So he's always going to be in and around it. And but yeah, we, last thing we need is to lose him for another two games. Have you spoken to him about Saturday's game? I mean, he's fought against his former club. No doubt he's looking forward to going back there. Yeah, I don't think I need to speak to him. Uh, I, I should imagine he's going to get a good reception. I think he deserves that. Um, but he's our player now. So I'm sure he'll go there and he'll do the right things and, uh, and he'll res respect everyone at Wimbledon. But um, I don't need to speak to him. He, he knows what I expect from him. Nothing's changed from the minute he's walked through the door. So. Nothing's going to be any different on Saturday. Lyle's outspoken this week in his criticism of the owner. Did that surprise you? Yeah, it, it did because it, I've spoken to Lowell about it and, and I've dealt with it. Um, so he knows how I feel about the situation. He knows that it was wrong. Um, but We've dealt with it, and, and he knows not to do anything like that again. He knows that. Jason Pierce made a competitive return for the under 23s uh, last week. Is he fit enough to come into contention on Saturday? Maybe. We're going to see how he goes these next couple of days. Um, in the game at Watford, I was there, and he seemed to be limping a little bit towards the end. Um, he's still feeling it. So, but Piercy being Piercy, he wants to play through that pain. He, he realises that we're coming to the end now and and we need to go on a good run. So he wants to be part of that. Um, but we have to we have to make sure that he's right before he comes back because the last thing we'd want is for him to be breaking down and be out for the rest of the season. So uh, there's still a long way to go, a lot of games to play. So. Um, just depending on how he goes the next couple of days, whether he'll be in the squad or not. Can I ask you about Chris Solly, uh was left out last week. Was that, are you managing that knee injury or what was the reason? That? Uh, it, his knee's fine. Um, yeah. I think he had an injection on it Monday, uh, which is routine. He has a, a lot of stuff going on with the knee. So, again, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture. I have to because we've got a run in there and I, I don't want to burn him out I think he's played more games this season than he has in previous seasons a lot more so um, yeah I, I've got to look after him that, that, that's a fact and bringing in Anthony I, I don't think is weakening our side Anthony's an excellent fullback as well so I just thought you know what you've had five six games on the spin just let him have a little rest you know and then let him recharge his battery and then and then go again. So, um, but yeah, he had an injection on on Monday. So, we'll um, we'll see how he is for the weekend. Has he got a chance of playing on Saturday? Of course, yeah. 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 Lee, thank you very much. As well, so I was Kieran Kiel speaking to Lee Bowyer. Uh, it was reported that Jake Forsykowski was progressing well following his injury. Is there any update on that? Yeah, he's outdoors. He's running. He's striking balls. He's working hard with the medical team. Um, Still a little way off of us, joining in with us, but for me, looking out there and, and seeing him training on the pitch next to us is, is a great sight because he's an exceptional player and, and he's been missed this season. So, 
you never know, we might get him back before the end and he might be involved in a couple of games before the end of the season. That would be, be good for us and good for him. Um, is uh, Lewis Page any close to recovery? No. no. Lewis Page has had an earlier operation. Um, that's healed well and now there's this other problem tendon problem that the medical team are looking after tendon problems unfortunately they're, they're tricky ones so with Pagey it's, it's a case of elimination because he had a couple of things wrong with him tendon and a groin problem and then we've sorted out the groin problem now so now it's just trying to sort out this, this tendon problem so if you're asking me, I don't know. Off, I hopefully before the end of the season because it, it's been a long time. Um, is there uh, any youth attackers uh, catching your eye as, as of late? No, no. Um, Rico's obviously came in for a few games, but um, it's been difficult for him. But uh, there's there's no no youngsters that. We have the strikers that are going to improve us now. Uh, regarding the players' contracts, do you feel um, if you committed yours and joined Jackson's future first, a few more be willing to uh, to, to, to sign on um, without haggling? Uh, maybe, maybe that's the case, but um, no one's approached me about a new contract, so I can't make it happen. Um, but uh, I get what you're saying. Then. Others might follow, but um, that's out of my control, unfortunately. But the most important thing is, is that the lads, we are tying the lads down because they are the future. So, um, regarding myself and Jacko, I'm sure something will happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. Lee Bowyer there, looking ahead to Saturday's trip to AFC Wimbledon, ending on his contract there. But as we said just before we heard from him, Nath, a, a huge game and. If we're being honest, and, and no disrespect to Wimbledon, they're bottom of the league for a reason. If we're if we're honest and we want to get in those playoffs as a minimum, we we need to be winning this weekend. Yeah, on paper we're we're stronger than them in terms of um, the league position. We're stronger than them. Uh, form maybe I've probably around about the same, and we all just slightly better. We ain't been amazing recently, but yeah, we these are the games that we should be winning. Um, albeit them winning the last couple of the games we should have too much in theory and um, if everyone plays on their A game and we're coming to the crunch of the season now where we're going to need to be on our A game to um, to ensure we finish as high as we can if it's not second then we obviously we, we consolidate and we make sure we finish in those playoffs because and, and beyond that because there's some good te- for me I think there's better team this top six is better in terms of quality than there was last year for me um, and you know if you're thinking you know Luton if, if you say they're gone you potentially should, could be having a final against Barnsley or Sunderland you know and that's not, you know that's some um, that's some some tough tough fixtures and then you've got the Pompeys and the Donnies as well so we need to um, need to put a little run together now. And let's say let's hope that what we've had recently is our little blip, mm. um, just like Pompey are having at the moment, and um, we can try it. starting from Saturday. Especially like I said, the two after that, we need to start getting on a winning run. Because if we go into Donny without another win, it's it becomes mm. tricky then. Because then if you 
you know, the, 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 the Donny and the Pompey game, if we don't win those, I mean, how many is that going to be without a win? And six, right? Yeah, it was going to be crazy. So, but um, I'm confident Saturday. I am. Uh, Cliff Scales agrees. He says we have to win on Saturday. We haven't had a great record there, which is true, but that has to change. Um, looking at the side, mm. um, we talked about potentially three at the back, but it doesn't look like Pierce is going to be ready for this weekend. Um, so we were just talking off air there about strikers. How do you think he's going to set up um, starting at the back, I suppose, with Jigsteel, who, who was a surprise inclusion for Solly at the weekend? Do you think it will still be him? Yeah, I do. Yep. Yeah, um, I think the rest of the defence sort of picks itself. Yeah. So then you're probably looking at uh, midfielders. Uh, yes, I mean I put a tweet out with the the other week uh, this week I think it was in terms of having Piercy back, but it looks like he's had a setback. Um, I think they're a physical side, so I would probably be going more down the route of having bigger, sort of more physical players. So I wouldn't have Reeves and Williams in the team. Um, so I think uh, yeah, like you said, I think the back four picks itself in terms of Nabs, Pat, and Ben. Um, I'll probably put Prattley in there for some height. Um, but then you've got to try and balance it, not being too defensive against Pompey League. Uh, I'd probably put Lapo in there. Uh, Joe and uh, I would, on form, <laughs> I know Ben didn't have it. I, you know, he was dragged off at half-time, so it would be a toss-up between him and, and uh, Johnny. And then I'd play, even though, and again, Parker didn't have a great game. Igor looked good, but I think, for again, for height and presence, set pieces, which they thrive on, I'd probably play Parker and Lyle. But who knows? It may, you know, it might play Rico. Might you never know. Back in out of the, uh, well, out yeah, the yeah, I think Fossey deserves a chance on the bench. But they are, me and Lou spoke about it on Sunday. I think there's something a bit more to it, pers- personally. But um, mm, you wonder perhaps how he reacted to that criticism from the last. Yeah, game. and they obviously put the t- the the the, t- the thing on his Instagram or Twitter or whatever it was about the notepad and the time. Maybe he's looking around saying everyone else is having their contracts done yeah. and I'm not. Maybe, you know, that he's not on the higher, the highest priority like the others. Right, we've just about run out of time. Can I have a quick prediction from you, Nath? I'm gonna go for um I'm gonna go for a two one win. And I'm gonna have Igor to score the winner. Excellent. And the first one? I'm gonna go for Lapo. Okay. Rewarding himself yes. on that new deal. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, that is pretty much all we have time for tonight here on Chart and Live. Thanks for all your tweets on tonight's show, Nath. Thanks for coming in. Much love. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Here's to three points on Saturday as the Addicts look to get back to winning ways at AFC Wimbledon. Uh, Good evening, everyone. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.